All right, so today we're going to be talking about the coronavirus versus the Spanish flu. Um, I'll be comparing the two of them, as well as bringing up some predictions for COVID-19 and just some facts and history between the two. All right, so first up, I'll be connecting the two viruses more or less, um, comparing them, what they have in common, what they don't have in common, um, and how we handled it as a country. So yeah. So with both of the viruses, we can see that masks were mandated, um, obviously just for safety reasons, um, because both of the pandemics were airborne diseases. Um, and so obviously wearing those face coverings are going to help prevent the disease from being spread from person to person. But we can see a difference between how we're handling COVID-19 and how we handled the Spanish flu, because with COVID-19 we have social distancing guidelines put into place. And with the Spanish flu, there were none. It was basically just wear a mask, but you can go wherever in public. Although with that being said, during the Spanish flu, they did shut down most places such as like schools, um, barbershops, restaurants, places like those, um, and churches too, which came with a lot of controversy, especially um, back then because Obviously, religion was such a huge deal, and I guess it still is to many people, but it was just more prominent back then. But anyways, um, so yeah, a lot of places were shut down, but there were no social distancing guidelines, whereas nowadays with COVID-19, a lot of places are being shut down, but there aren't any, but there are social distancing guidelines. So that's a difference. Um, and of course, with both pandemics, we can see since these places are being shut down, there's a lot of jobs being lost, which was really bad for the economy with the Spanish flu, and it is still bad for the economy with COVID-19. So that's another similarity, is that jobs were lost and the economy suffered from that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much the general um, sense of the similarities. Um, both of them, things were shut down. There was a lot of controversy with the things being shut down because people believed that they shouldn't be. And masks were mandated. That's a huge similarity. Um, one huge difference that I'd like to touch on between the Spanish flu and the coronavirus is that when we see things going back to normal with the Spanish flu, we can see that people didn't have a lot of I guess what you could call social anxiety, obviously the roaring 20s happened, but with COVID-19, a lot of people are feeling more anxious to go back to normal, um, as in like, they're so used to being home and not seeing many people. But yeah, that's one big difference that I noticed between the two is that during the Spanish flu, people were anxious to get back in a good way. And during COVID-19, people are anxious to get back in a bad way. Alright, so next we're going to be hitting on some context, um, what we know about the Spanish flu, what we know about COVID-19. Um, granted, we are going to know probably more in-depth details about COVID-19 just because it is such a relevant topic and is being researched so heavily. Um, but anyways, so with the Spanish flu, we know that um, the first wave was the most lethal wave. The virus killed most of the people who had it, which is 
I'd say a pretty big contrast to COVID-19 because we know that most people who get it are fine um, unless they are considered high risk or have a um, underlying condition or anything like that that's going to prevent them from being okay. But anyways, so also with the Spanish flu, we know that it changed the course of World War One, which is another big thing. Obviously, right now we don't have a world war going on, so I guess that's a big contrast between the two. Um, and of course, immunization ended the pandemic, um, which is something we don't know about COVID-19. We don't have a mass distributed vaccine yet. We have one in the works and one that is um, has been approved by the FDA, but obviously it has not ended the pandemic yet. Um, and then some things we know about COVID-19, um, it can cause young, young people, as in like babies and elderly people to fall seriously ill. But when it comes to like, I guess you could say middle-aged people and healthy people, quote unquote, healthy, um, they're usually fine. And it's just more or less like a cold for them. Um, and we also know with COVID-19 that reinfection may be possible. And um, most people are likely to get it just because it's such a huge pandemic. But it's not as deadly to quote unquote healthy people as the Spanish flu was. Next up, we have the cause and effect of both viruses, um, like social, economically, and politically wise. So yeah, so we're gonna start off with COVID-19. Um, socially wise, we obviously are seeing social distancing, masks, shutdowns, no school, no work, jobs laid off, etc. And we know limited things about the virus. Um, and I guess another part of the social aspect of this is that Many people feel they are developing social anxiety. Um, they feel they're not as ready to see people as they once were like before quarantine. Um, and they're also more afraid to do things. Um, I read in an article that a lot of people, instead of being like, well, could we have this meeting online? Is there a reason to have it online? They're more saying, um, is there a reason to have this meeting in person? And that's not even part of the social anxiety. That's just part of um, safety and people feeling more safe from home. Um, so yeah, but with the Spanish flu, socially, we can see that schools shut down, dance halls shut down, masks were encouraged to go out and they were mandated at one point. You were fined for not wearing a mask, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but nobody knew about the virus then either. They didn't know much about it, I guess. Um, and again, people were, I guess anxious to go out, but obviously there was no online aspect of this, so they were more um, anxious to get back to normal since they wanted to be able to see people and there was no solutions to some jobs that because they couldn't go online. And of course we have the political um, impact that both of the viruses had, so yeah, so with COVID-19, we can see that mail-in ballots became extremely popular with people who were too um, anxious to go vote due to the pandemic. Um, there's a lot more division with people as well politically just because um, somehow the virus turned into a political thing 
and there were basically two sides to it. Um, and most people sided with um, either one side or the other. There's not a lot of in-between. And um, yeah, mail-in ballots, that was huge though. Um, with the Spanish flu, we don't have a lot of information of what happened politically. We do know that they were able to somehow pull off a midterm during the pandemic. Um, and it was a Republican um, winner, I guess. A Republican president was elected. And that's a contrast to COVID-19 because obviously a Democratic president has been elected after this pandemic. So I think that's really interesting how um, even though we're going through a a pandemic again, we have a different side of politics that's winning the election. All right, so next up, I'm going to be talking about some of the economic effects of both viruses um, and how that's still in effect today, etc. So with COVID-19, economically, we can see that the stock market hit an all-time low. Um, it's on its way back up to becoming higher again, but the unemployment rate um just skyrocketed. It went from like 2 million to I think it was like 22 million unemployed people within like a month. Um, It is back down to about 5 million, but the unemployment rate, I mean, excuse me, the employment rate went from 1.5% to negative 44.4%. And that again was within a month. And of course, other jobs have taken a toll This has really hit the stock market hard because um, obviously if nobody is getting jobs, nobody's going to be buying things and that's taken a toll. But with the Spanish flu, we can see economically, um, what we know about it is very limited. There's not a whole lot of things that they um, wrote down, I guess, or kept track of, but we do know that there was a lot of, um, they were struggling. They were really struggling with the economy because a lot of people lost their jobs and there were no online solutions. People couldn't online shop. People couldn't work from home um, online, I guess. And so they were really struggling with the economy. Um, When it comes to what one of these categories, I guess, suffered the most or changed the most, I would have to say economic because just looking at all the information, like how unemployment went from 2 million to 22 million, um, and how the unemployment rate went from, or excuse me, the employment rate went from 1.5 to negative 44%. I would say that that is just the biggest change. I mean, politics, obviously it's always just going to be politics. It might change, but at the end of the day, it's just politics and socially um there's a lot of change but everything will go back to normal eventually if you look at the spanish flu eventually things went back to normal and um i just think economically we've taken the biggest hit and probably with the spanish flu as well i'd say they did even though we don't have a lot of information on that i would just assume because it makes the most sense Okay, and then finally for some predictions, 
So obviously we can't predict anything for the Spanish flu. What's done is done. Um, that's over. But for COVID-19, um, personally, I'd say that it's not going to be the last pandemic. Um, and it's probably going to be lingering for a while. I mean, I guess we'll get a vaccine. Things will, quote unquote, go back to normal. Um, but it's still going to be like lingering. Um and it also might, like, mutate, if that makes sense. Um, we can already see in Britain there's a new strand that's 70% more contagious than any of the previous strands. Um, obviously, Britain has shut down. There's no traveling. But it is very concerning, considering that there's already a new strain of COVID-19 kind of coming about. Um, and with previous pandemics, we can see that... Um, they were all considered like the biggest pandemic of the time. And COVID-19 is obviously considered the biggest pandemic right now, but I'm sure in the near near future, we'll be seeing an even bigger one. Um, and when I say past pandemics, I'm just thinking like the Spanish flu, um, the HIV slash AIDS pandemic. Well, I guess that's still going on. Um, the 2009 swine flu pandemic, um, there was a, 1957 and 1958 influenza pandemic um and these were all just like a massive deal and obviously they went away but again more pandemics came around bigger ones um more contagious just worse pandemics um and we're already seeing new diseases forming right now there's a 2020 novel bunyavirus outbreak I think that's how you pronounce it. There is a yellow fever epidemic happening in Nigeria. Um, there's also an Ebola outbreak. Um, and this is just 2020. In the Democratic Republic of the Congo, I believe. Um, but yeah, these are all pretty important. Um, and we may not know when the next virus is coming, but I do think that we will be able to be better prepared for it since um, we've experienced COVID-19 and just the severity of it. I think that we're going to be better prepared because we were really ill prepared for this. We didn't have a pandemic response team. We didn't have the means to handle um, everything that's been going on. And so, yeah. All right, well, that is all I have for today, but I hope you enjoyed and make sure to tune in next time We'll be talking about whatever subject we're on in fourth hour U.S. history.